0: I'm going to talk about two people this morning, both of them you know. The first one is the devil, and the second one, of course, is Jesus Christ. Let me begin by saying that uh, the devil has been part of your life since the time you reached the age of accountability. I don't know how long the Lord has been part of your life, he's always been there waiting for you, but uh, some of you have decided, well, I want Jesus as part of my life, as a matter of fact, one of them is the biggest part. But when we talk about Jesus and the devil, when we talk about God and the devil, we're talking about forces of good and evil. God is good, and the devil is evil. Now, I believe there is a devil who is responsible for the origin and the promotion of evil, sin and its attendant miseries. If that were not so, then each one of us would have to admit that we originate the awful things that we do. That if there is not a devil, then whenever I'm contemptible, it's because it's my fault. That when I say things that are harmful and hurtful, it's my fault. That when I do things that are destructive... To others, It's my fault. If there is no devil, then I'm the one who o- or originates that problem, if there is no devil. Now, I'm not saying that I believe in the devil, but I believe the devil exists. I believe in God, and I believe in Jesus Christ, and I believe the devil exists. And I'm, I'm sure most of the people that are here, in the range of my voice, believe the same thing. We, we don't want to admit that there resides in each one of us a hideous darkness that lacks only the right opportunity to emerge and cause suffering. If, however, we recognize the existence of such a one that is called Satan, the great deceiver, the devil, then we can confront that fact in our own lives. We can recognize that and we can deal with it. several years ago some of you may have been familiar with this statement the devil made me do it now that that originated probably didn't originate with this man Flip Wilson but he popularized this idea the devil made me do it and basically he's right the devil made me do it the bible is the only book that identifies the devil did you know that it's the only book that tells us about God, and hence it's the only book that tells us about the devil. And it does tell us about him. In first Peter chapter five at verse eighty he says Peter says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, stalks about seeking whom he may devour. The devil started humanity's personal problems with sin. He's the one in the Garden of Eden that approached Adam and Eve, Eve first, and encouraged her to rebel against God. And then Eve, of course, approached Adam, and then they both fell from their state of innocency. And as a result, they were told to abandon the Garden of Eden. Now think about that just a minute. God had everything just right. As a matter of fact, as you read the account in Genesis chapter 1, 2, and 3. As you read the account of God's creation, as He completed a phase of it, He said, He looked at it and He said, it is good. It was good. God is good. And what He did is good. But what the devil did was mess things up. Now, I don't know why all this took place. I want you to know right away. I have no idea why God even allowed the, the existence of the devil. Some say he was a fallen angel, and probably was. In the book of Luke, uh, Jesus said, I beheld the devil as lightning fall from heaven. So there are statements like that in the Bible, and, and uh, it gives us, it gives us pause to try to consider what was going on. But irrespective of that, in the nature of God, he allowed the existence of the devil. And the devil then had the opportunity to make a mess of what God had created perfect. And he did. And because of what he did, and because of sin, that leads to death. Which means the absence of life, or not being in the presence of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 12 says, Therefore as by one man sin entered the world... And death by sin, therefore death passed upon all men, for all have sinned. That's that's a very critical point. If the devil can get you to sin, he's won. He's got you. He has you. And he has you for eternity. Not just a little bit, not just a little while. The devil made you do it. when he makes you do it, he's got you. In Romans chapter 3 at verse 23, all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. John says in 1 John chapter 1 at verse 10, if we say that we have not sinned, we make him a liar, his word is not in us. The sentence of death passed on all men and satisfied the desire of what the Bible calls the accuser. Now we're going to think about this for just a minute. Revelation chapter 12 verse 9 and 10 describes the devil as the accuser what does that mean it means that when God who loved his creation put his creation on this earth he left us to our own doings and then when we made a mess of things in the first place God finally looked down upon man in Genesis chapter 6 verse 8 And he saw that the thoughts of men's heart were evil continually. The thoughts of the heart. So God said, I'm through. I'm going to destroy them. Do away with them. That would make the devil happy. certainly would. Because then he would win that round, you see. But God found eight souls, Noah and his family, and he preserved them, and from there, of course, the world was repopulated. The point now is that the throne of God is established with justice and judgment, Psalms 89:14, which means that God, because he is God and he is good, must punish infractions. He must, he must execute those who sin. They must suffer death. So no one can stand before God and say, You, you have to let me off. I'm okay. I, the devil made me do it. Well, he did. And when he did, he took you into his camp. And in his camp is death and despondency and despair and darkness. Everything wrong with this world is in the camp of the devil. And that came about because of sin. And he can accuse, he can stand before God and say, why don't you send these people to hell? Send them to hell where they deserve. Kill them. Decimate them. Destroy them. You know what? God loves his creation. He loves you. He does not want to see you destroyed. He doesn't. He doesn't want to see anybody destroyed. God so loved the world. That, that's an, quite an expression, isn't it? And you wonder, Why? I don't know why the devil wants me. I know why God wants me. Because he loves me. God loves us. And he wants us out of the hands of the devil. So, he sent his son to do something. He sent his son to this low ground. And he sent him to defeat the devil. Now, we're not going to the cross right away. We're we're going to have to look at what Jesus did. First John chapter three at verse eight says, "He that commits sin is of the devil, for the devil sinned from the from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that He might destroy the works of the devil. Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. He entered the enemy's territory. He didn't take the devil up into heaven where he had the advantage and he could destroy him." Jesus came down to the devil's playground and he stepped on the home field, the devil's home field and said, I'm going to destroy you. I'm going to take something away from you. He came as an infant, God in the flesh, but he came not as God, he became as one of us. He he came as a man. That's why I selected the text with, with the Uh, with Stephen, he said, Behold the man, Jesus. Behold Jesus Christ. That's what I'm saying this morning. Behold the man. When Jesus first entered the arena of this world as an adult, when he stepped into the arena, he said, I am the Son of Man. I'm the Son of Man. I'm like you. I'm the Son of Man. And in Hebrews chapter 2 at verse 14 and 15 it says, For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. How was Jesus going to destroy the devil? And he, that he had the power of death. Well, he is, he, uh, as man, He had to make sure that he he never sinned. He never sinned. That he had never had an evil thought. That he never spoke an evil word. That he never did a dastardly deed. That he never did anything that could be remotely classified as sin. Never did anything. Sometimes we say, well, look at the cross. Okay, look at the cross, but look at the life of Jesus leading up to the cross. The devil wanted him, and he wanted him badly. We sometimes wonder, and the book of Revelation will give you some information along this line in chapter 20, for instance. We, We sometimes wonder, why did the devil have power during the days of Jesus? Apparently, God gave them enough power during that time in order for them to make their biggest thrust against his son while he was on this earth. So the minions of the devil were able to create havoc on this earth when Jesus came it didn't happen before and it didn't happen after he left but just that little space of time when Jesus was here sometimes the bible calls this 42 months, time, times the half a time anyway whatever it was while Jesus was here these demons could actually take possession of someone and make life miserable for them and they by the way They knew when Jesus showed up, they knew who he was. Did you know that? As a matter of fact, at Capernaum in Galilee, the unclean unclean demons cried out with a loud voice when Jesus cast them out. They said, let us alone! What do we have to do with you, Jesus of Nazareth? Are you come to destroy us? We know who you are, the Holy One of God. We know you. The devil knew Jesus. In Luke chapter four forty one, the devils came out of many crying out and saying, You're the Christ, the Son of God. They knew him. A man filled with demons in the country of the Gadarenes had devils in him for a long time. I don't know how long that would be. I know if, it, if devils were in me, it wouldn't, it would feel like a long time if it was just a few days. But it says that when he saw Jesus, He cried out with a loud voice and fell down before him and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of God Most High? They knew him. And you know what? The devil, more than any others, knew Jesus. He knew two things about him. Two very critical things that we need to know. Number one, he knew that God, if Jesus were in the form of God... That he couldn't tempt him. You know that? James 1 verse 13. Let no man say when he is tempted I am tempted of God. For God cannot be tempted with evil. So the devil knew. Here was Jesus in his playground. On his home field. On the low ground. He's not on the high ground now. He's down on the low ground of the devil. And the devil is saying I've got him. Because he's not God here. He's man. And all I have to do is crack him. All I have to do is get him to say one bad word. Did you know that? If he said one bad word, we would never, never, ever see God. Jesus was man. And the devil knew it. He knew he couldn't tempt God, but he knew he could tempt man. He knew he could tempt the Son of Man. James 1 verse 14 and 15 says, Every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust." And enticed, and then when lust has, has uh, conceived, it brings forth sin, and sin, when it is finished, brings forth death. That's all he had to do. Get Jesus to think an evil thought. That's all he had to do. Get Jesus to, to, uh, to uh, hold a grudge. Get Jesus to think something that he shouldn't be thinking. He knew that man could be tempted. In 1 Corinthians chapter 10 at verse 13, you say, Well, what kind of temptations? Paul said, Wherefore let him that thinks he stands, take heed lest he fall, for there is no temptation taken you, but that is common to man. So every temptation you have felt, Jesus could feel. He could feel. In Philippians chapter 2 at verse 5, it says, Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. Who being in the form of God thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took, himself, took upon himself the form of a man, of a servant, and was made in the likeness of man, being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. The devil had the advantage on this ground. The devil had the advantage because Jesus was a man and Jesus could be tempted. Well, you know, when I read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, I I feel a a tension. I feel a tension because as I'm I'm reading, I'm thinking the devil is making a shot at him, taking a shot at Jesus. He's trying to get him to do something wrong. He's trying to move him into an area of vulnerability. He's trying to take advantage of him. He's trying to get him to do something he shouldn't be doing. And the whole world depended upon how Jesus lived on this earth, what he did. The whole world depended on it. Our future depended on it. Well, what did the devil do? He knew he had that advantage. He, and he, you know, the devil knew the Scriptures too. Did you know that? If you, want to de- if you want to deal with the devil, you better learn the Scriptures because he knows them. He knows the Scriptures. The first thing the devil did when Jesus was baptized of John and went out in the wilderness Jesus stayed there for 40 days and 40 nights and the devil came to him and tempted him and he said if you're the son of God turn these stones into bread because Jesus is hungry Jesus quoted scripture well there's power in the word friend there's power in the word get that word in your heart because when the devil comes knocking show him the scriptures show him the scriptures Jesus said Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So the devil, that bumped him a little bit. So he came back and he said, hey, if you're the Son of God, he took him up on the pinnacle of the temple where all the crowds were. He said, if you're the Son of God, and he quoted Psalms chapter 91 to him, cast yourself down, for it is written, he shall bear you up lest you dash your foot against the stone. Jesus said, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord your God. Here the tempter was trying to tempt the man, Jesus. Jesus said, We're not going to tempt... He's trying to get Jesus to tempt His Father. Well, that would have been easy, wouldn't it? Big splash, big thing. You know, a lot of people like that, the bigness of of the magnitude of miracles and... And wanders and signs, oh, well, let's see, let's see one, and you can prove right away you're the Son of God. But Jesus didn't succumb to that. Then he said, then he took him and showed him all the kingdoms of this world. You say, well, you really think he had those? Don't you think he had them? He's got them now. He's got the kingdoms of this world, he has everything at his disposal. He can offer you anything if you'll just fall down and worship him. And he told Jesus, he said, I'll give it all to you. Everything down here will be yours. Just worship me. Jesus said, Thou shalt worship the Lord your God. Him only shall you serve. The devil, after that, sent his minions in the person of different individuals. He got different people to talk for him. Sometimes the devil gets you to talk for him. He does. He'll get you to say nasty things to people. You're doing His will. He'll get, you, he'll get you to curse. He likes that when you curse. He'll get you to get angry. He wants you angry. He'll get you, he'll get you to think dirty, nasty thoughts about people. He'll get you to do that. He wants you to do that. And He wanted Jesus to do that. So He sent people to Him. You know, James chapter 3, I understand that the ladies were discussing the tongue this morning in, the, in their Bible class. The tongue is evil, unruly evil. What man can tame it? Well, here was the man, Jesus. Why didn't Jesus respond to some of these people in the way we would? Why didn't he come back with a quick report, retort? But he didn't. He met the different individuals who came to him, and they said, You know, you've got a devil. They kept Prodding him, You're, you've got a devil. Matter of fact, the text I'm going to read from in John chapter ten, they called him illegitimate. They were telling him he didn't. He, they knew who their father was. He didn't know who his was. Jesus said his father was God, but they. But then he said, "You are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father you will do." He was a murderer from the beginning, and he abode not in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks of his own, for he is a liar. And the father of it. He uh, he he convinced the detractors to come after Jesus with all they could. Try to get him to say something wrong. Trying to get him, try to get him to misspeak. They they tried to catch him in his words, some of the texts say. Snare him in his words. They ask him questions to see if they could get something wrong to come out of his mouth. They wanted him to feel bad like they felt bad. If Jesus felt bad, we're doomed. You know that? If Jesus ever hit that point that we hit, we wake up in the morning we're gloomy, and we begin to doubt whether or not we ought to be Christians. Jesus didn't doubt that. If he had, we'd have been doomed. He didn't. Jesus held on. He was a man, but he held on. And he did not sin. Well, that didn't work sending the detractors did not work and so the devil sent Jesus' friends. He sent his friends. We know Judas. You say, well, Judas betrayed him. Yes, he did. But you know, Judas was a friend. Nobody can hurt you as deeply as someone that you love. Did you know that? You know that. You can't be hurt any deeper than being hurt by someone that you love. The psalmist said in Psalm forty-one, verse nine, he says, "My own, my own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat bread with me, has lifted up his heel against me." He was talking about Judas. At the last supper, at this after they had supper, Judas went out. It says, "Satan entered into Judas." Satan entered. Well, guess who's who's there trying to get Jesus. To deny that he cares about Judas. Say something bad about Judas, Jesus. Start a rumor about Judas, Jesus. You know what Jesus did? When Judas came to him, Jesus said, Friend, friend, why'd you come out here? Judas gave him a kiss. Well, that didn't work. What about Peter? Matthew chapter 16. You know, after Peter said, and, and when he was talking to Jesus, Jesus asked him the question. They were in the coast of Caesarea Philippi. And Jesus said, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? And they said, Some say, so you're, you're uh, Elias, the prophet? And some, some, anyway, they had the different different things they thought. And, and he said, Who do you think I am? And Peter said, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. And then... Just probably not a few hours later, Jesus took his apostles' side and he said, and probably wanted some sympathy from them to some degree. He said, the Son of Man is going to go up and be betrayed and scourged and beaten and put to death. Peter shuddered and said, hey, you're, watch what you're saying. That'll never happen to you. You know what Jesus said? He said, get thee behind me, Satan. Guess who was getting Peter to say what he was saying? But it didn't work, did it? Then Jesus told Peter, He said, You'll deny me three times. Before the cock crows three times, you'll deny me three times. Peter said, that'll never happen. That'll never happen. Though all men be offended by by others, I'll not be offended. And yet He was. How hurtful could that have been? No good deed goes unpunished is the statement that we hear all the time. Because we know what happens to the heart when someone close to us hurts us. We know that, don't we? What did Jesus do? Did he badmouth them? Did he hold a grudge? How did Jesus react to those that hurt him? How did he react? Well, I'm not going to tell you how you can react. What I'm going to tell you is that my Savior, Jesus, did not sin. Whatever his reaction was, it was not sinful. Had he sinned under that pressure, we would have been doomed. We would have been doomed. He would have had every rational reason to abandon humanity at that point, wouldn't he? It said all the disciples forsook Him in Matthew chapter twenty-six, fifty-six. Everybody forsook Him. Those that He healed, those that He helped, those that He fed, those that He comforted, those that He, that he uh, led in the way of righteousness. They all left Him. He had disappointment, frustration, crushed ego. I'm saying things He did not have, things He could have had. He could have had a crushed ego. He could have slipped back into loneliness. He could have had a broken spirit and a broken heart. And he could have said, why bother? Why even bother? But he didn't. Alright. Now the devil's panicked. It, nothing has worked up to this point. The devil is panicked. Now the devil is going to say, I've got to get him in a physical in a physical situation. I'm going to have to do something to his body. I'm going to have to hurt him. If I hurt him, he's going to do something wrong if I hurt him. But he didn't, did he? After after everyone talked to him and, and spoke to him, they, they said they made all the accusations, and it says he was led as a sheep dumb before the his uh, slaughterers. He led as a sheep dumb to the slaughter. He he didn't say anything. He didn't re, re, re retort to them. He didn't argue with them. He didn't say anything spiteful to them. He didn't say anything mean to them. He kept His tongue. That's the hardest thing on earth, by the way. Keeping your tongue. And Jesus kept His. He kept it. He didn't say anything wrong. 1 Peter 2, verse 21-24 through 24 says, Christ suffered for us, leaving us a, an example that you should follow his steps. Who did no sin... That, that's, it. that's important, by the way. He did no sin. Neither was guile found in his mouth. He didn't say anything wrong. When he was reviled, he reviled not again. When he suffered, he threatened not, but committed himself to him that judges righteously, who his own self bear our sins in his own body, that being dead to sin, we should live unto righteousness. You were healed. By his death, we are healed. And we're told, in Hebrews chapter 12 verse 2, that we should look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him, endured the cross, despised the shame, humiliation, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. So when everything was said and done, and they did everything they could physically, the devil took his best shot at Jesus. after he couldn't get get him to say things wrong, think things wrong, do things wrong, he'll punish him physically. And what did Jesus say? Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So he went to the cross, and he died on Calvary without sin. Praise God. Praise God that he did that. Because he made the perfect sacrifice for us. Now then, God, the accuser can't stand before God and say, Hey, you need to destroy all these folks. Because Jesus shed his blood and spread his grace over all of us. And by faith, if we're in Jesus Christ, we can live. So God doesn't have to destroy all of humanity. Not now. Because one man, the man Jesus, went to the cross... And died there for us without a blemish, without a sin. you know when Peter preached the first sermon after after Jesus rose from the dead, you know what he said in acts two verse twenty two he pointed it at Jesus and he said, A man, a man approved of God, a man approved of God and Paul said. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Because Jesus did not sin, He went to that cross without one sin staining His soul at all. And He rose from the dead, I can too. If I believe in Him. And if I'm in Him. God help you do that. God help you come to Him. Ever been baptized into Jesus Christ? You need to be. Confess his name, that he is the Son of God. And I think that's the, I think we turned my my thing off, but that's okay. (laughs) I had one more chart, and it was right at the end, it should have been right at the first. Behold the Son of Man. That's what I want you to do this morning. Behold the Son of Man. Look at him.